Yeah, we could. We could just kind of like roll into it. Yeah. I mean, I have heard of, uh, it's not like a standard thing for every podcast, but I've, some podcasts are just started from what it sounds like, not the middle of a conversation, but it definitely doesn't sound like they've just started talking. Uh, I know what you're talking about because Joe Rogan, his his starts with them just talking and then it goes into like his, the Joe Rogan experience and then like yeah. his ads and then he starts talking to his guests about whatever their topic is for the day. Uh-huh. That's okay. We'll just, we'll keep all this in, but welcome back for another CFDT podcast. This is going to be a, uh, not a book talk. We're going to take a, a break from book talk for a while and just talk about really anything we want to. This episode, we decided to talk about running and really just everything that comes to mind for both of us in terms of running. And it'll just be really an open conversation about about that. So uh, I I brought up the idea of running and the main reason is to try to speak into existence the idea that Spencer and I have had in our heads of running half marathons and maybe some marathons together. And I know we maybe briefly mentioned it and maybe I took it more as like, heck yeah, I want to do that. And maybe you took it as, oh, okay, that's a cool thought. But I would really like to be able to uh, do something with that, with do something like that with you, whether it's just once a year or maybe we really get into it and we do, you know, we can get away from work once every three months to go run somewhere, like depending on where you move, maybe we could get to where it's warmer out. So like, let's say if you move up north and I'm still living up north and uh, we, you know, go in December, we fly down to, I don't know, Florida to go do a half marathon or something. I think that'd be kind of a cool idea. Yeah, no, I definitely would uh, like to be able to run some races with you. It definitely is a lot more easy to train or to get the shoes on and go out the door and run when you're working towards something versus just running for the sake of running. I mean, obviously running, you can, uh, a lot of benefits that it has just for like me personally, which we can get into later on. But uh, yeah, I think it would be, uh, I would be stoked to be able to run a race with you because you've ran a lot more than I have, but we both ran some and being able to do it together, I think would just be even better. You ran one half marathon, right? Uh, yeah, last summer. And it was the rock and roll one down in San Diego? Yeah, it was, we were supposed to do it in 2020 and then COVID, and then it got pushed to 2021, but then uh, that didn't work. So then they gave us the options of either October of 2021 or summer of 2022, and with me just starting my job, at the time, I was just like, oh, let's pr- I'll push it to like next summer. So I finally ran it uh, this past summer. Did you enjoy doing that? I did. I would say I didn't train nearly as much as I should have. But what really surprised me was it was a nice overcast day. And I found that if the sun's not beating down on me and I'm not like sweating too much... My, like, energy levels, I mean, I wasn't running fast by any means. It was probably, like, my fastest mile was no faster than 9.30, but I probably was doing, like, averaging, like, 10 to 10 and a half minute per mile pace. But I was cruising. Even when I got done, like, my muscles and my joints were hurting because I didn't prepare them well enough to run that distance. But my cardio-wise, like, I did not feel like I was gassed or anything like that. Like, I definitely could have 
kept going if I wanted to. So that was super nice to have almost ideal uh, conditions to be able to run that race. That is nice. Do you feel, I know you've ran one, but do you feel like that there was a, a certain mileage that it started to get a little bit more difficult than it had been? Just in the fact that I started to get a blister on my foot and my stomach um, was not uh, agreeing with me here and there. So Did you stop at all? No. Oh, cool. I, farthest, I'm going to, I wanted to bring up one topic we'll bring up here soon is the, our favorite races are our most memorable. And, uh, when I did the live in history farms race in Ankeny, oh. that was like a, I think that's like a seven. Have you ran that one? No. You should run that's it. What it's, was, it's, that's why I was kind of confused. Cause you said like the races we've like, talk about our most favorite races. And you said this before we started. And I'm thinking in my head, you've only run one, but I was thinking just half marathons. But uh, I guess I've ran some of the, oh man, what's the one in Atoma? Like the the, uh, the, the, the 5K. Susan, the Anthony? No, oh my gosh. <laughs> Susan B. I was going to What the heck is that? Susan uh, Coleman. That's like the name of the, uh, the breast cancer. Oh, okay. So uh, I know it's for breast cancer, but I couldn't remember what. I I'll can't remember exactly what sure. it was called. There's, yeah, we should probably Susan that G. Coleman. Ah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember being called that to be honest. But I, I've ran that like a couple times in my life, and then I don't. I've done, so, I don't think it's necessarily called the Susan G. Cohen race. It was called something else. Yeah, it's something but, with the people the heart, right? Or maybe it wasn't the heart, but it was some cancer thing. Uh, Cancer run in Atoma, Iowa. Yeah. Oh, Race for the Cure. There it is. Yeah, okay, so it's called the Komen, Iowa Race for the Cure. Okay. I don't know if it's been like that the whole time. Uh, I, I really don't remember being called that. I just remember it could be called the Race for the Cure. Yeah, I, I mean, I just remember it saying Race for the Cure, but then it had, like, Susan G. Komen's, like, little name because it was, like, that was the organization overseeing it all did you run that one you know i never did for whatever reason i just never did i have no idea why i didn't but huh. no so what's this one in the living history i i've heard about it my students have talked about it sometimes pretty sure it's in ankeny but like it's like living history farms and it's just like a huge acreage where it just has like um buildings and whatnot of like i don't know what year they would take you back to but like the olden days and uh i think it's the weekend before thanksgiving they do a race like throughout part of like the area and it's like seven miles and you go through creeks and when oh. i did it there was some snow on the ground and it was really cold and there was ice in the creeks and you have to like use ropes to get up some of these like embankments uh excuse me That's embankments cool. so that was cool um. Yeah, that was uh that was really fun, and so that I think it was about seven miles, maybe a little bit more than seven miles. So at huh. that point, that was the most I've ever ran, and then I think for Memorial Day, like a couple years ago, I ran eight miles. That was like my new record. So then for this half marathon, I was okay. I got at least get to eight, so I got to eight. I was like, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'll get to nine. Get to nine. I was like, well, I'll just go to 10. I'll be double digits for the first time ever. 
So I got the 10 and I was just like, then it got to the point and I was just like, you know, if I stop now, then it's going to really suck trying to start up again. Oh, you're, yeah. Okay. You're talking about the mar- the half marathon you ran. Yeah. 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 So yeah, my first time running mine, I got to mile 11 and then I walked. And then just as you explained it, I started to run a little bit and then I would walk and then run a little bit and walk. So yeah, stopping is probably the worst thing that you could have done and the worst thing that I did my first time running. What was funny is that when I finished my half marathon, my my hip flexors were so tight that every time I just lifted my leg up, my leg would get propelled forward by like my muscle like contracting. So it was... uh, that was a very unique experience. You know, that happens to me after I get off the treadmill running for so long and then just walking. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, my legs are just walking themselves. I don't know. It's a really weird experience. I'm sure anybody who has ran on a treadmill for an extended period of time has has felt that sensation. Yeah. Um, so where? Go ahead. Let's bring this back. When do you first remember, like... Like when you say like running, like for me, like obviously you run around as a kid, but like running to like gain endurance, I feel like that first was introduced in my life, like probably like in basketball, like maybe a YBL, like having to like run to get in shape. Yeah. Doing like this, the, uh, the suicides and whatnot. That was probably like my first experience with like running to be in shape. They don't call them that anymore because of the actual word itself they call them down and backs now really i've heard of my dad used to call them championships so i've heard championships and maybe not uh down and backs there's like another name i think they call them like killers or i don't know it's something like gotcha. that because they don't want to use the the name suicide gotcha, anymore gotcha yeah but, um, i'm out of the game so i guess i don't uh-huh. know <laughs> I, I think just being in education i hear it when they talk about it basketball yeah. practice I, I can't remember the exact name i'll have to ask one of the athletes but uh Running for endurance, I mean, I did track when I was in elementary school, uh-huh. uh, but as far as like running for endurance, like running because I wanted to get better at something else, I mean, yeah, basketball comes to mind, but I don't really remember because I didn't do track in high school um, and I didn't do cross country in high school. So my really running journey didn't really start until I was... uh was I going to Indian Hills? I can't remember. Yeah, mine's a little bit further along. So I guess if you have something to to add, you know, when you're I mean, younger, that would, yeah. For running specifically, besides like training for like to get in shape for like a sport, just running in and of itself. Yeah. I honestly, I mean, there might've been a few times I just went on a run to like get, kind of like, either get or stay in some type of shape but just to like be like better cardiovascular maybe I did a f- I think I did a few runs for like the year that I was going to like uh, my recruiter's office for the Marine Corps prior to me like actually going to boot camp we not every single time we went like every Thursday night we did like a workout and not every single workout was like cardio and uh, intensive but we went on some runs so that like was getting me prepared for a boot oh, camp. Yeah. So, and then in boot camp, there's a, a lot of running. So, that's probably where it really started for me. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember running when I was in 
uh, we would run in baseball a little bit. We, oh, yeah, we would do it for baseball. Do you remember when, we would, when we'd show up and maybe the field was flooded, so we just had to go on like a two-mile run? I so totally to, forgot about that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is why talking about this stuff is so cool and just uh-huh. reliving it because I completely forgot that we used to jog around the lagoons yep. like oh two miles. Gosh. Yeah. So um, I, I guess that would probably be my really first memory for just running to get some sort of endurance. I mean, of course you do it in basketball, but I guess for me, I don't know why I started getting into running after high school. Uh-huh. I remember... I was with my dad at his work for whatever reason, and I think it was uh, my freshman or sophomore year of college at Indian Hills. And actually, wait, no, no, it would have been my junior year because I remember I was, I I just turned twenty-one, or I was going to be turning twenty-one on the day of the half marathon. Mm-hmm. And my cousin called me, oh, like the Monday before, because it was supposed to be on a Sunday, and he called me the Monday before the race. So like six days away, and he's like, hey, do you want to run a half marathon with me? And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> well, I'll get back to you. And so that night I went home and I ran four miles and I hadn't been running at all. And uh-huh. I ran four miles just perfectly fine. And so I called him back and I said, yeah, sure, I'll go do that. Uh, and it was going to be on my 21st birthday, so I thought that was kind of cool to do that. Yeah. Uh, so then after running that half marathon, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I'm like naturally gifted at it or not really gifted but i can just naturally run i think my pace was oh no i saw your dad on the race i'm i'm fairly cer- certain and no he said he saw you at one of the races in des moines yeah and obviously you, you want to get into your dad racing and the the memories you have of that but uh yeah i remember seeing him on the run and it wasn't until mile six or seven, he's like, oh, you're going to stay with me. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, I don't run 730 miles. I run like 839 minutes. He's like, nope, you're going to run with me. And I'm very glad that he did because my first, uh, oh, wait, maybe, it, was it that one? Shoot, I can't quite remember. They all kind of meshed together. Either way, uh-huh. it was one of them. And uh, I stuck with him until about mile 10 or 11. And then that's when he took off. And I think that um, then that's when I started to walk because I was just so freaking exhausted. But yeah, I had fun doing it. It's it's fun to be around a bunch of people that have the same goal, like thousands of people who have the exact same goal as you as just they just want to finish the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's not necessarily about the running at that point. It's just about like a community and uh, uh-huh. everybody in the same boat. So uh, that was really my, my segue into running and wanting to run half marathons. And surprisingly, I haven't ran a full marathon yet. I haven't ran multiple halves but how many have you run in half marathons that's a good question i have my medals somewhere very close but i think let's see that was my drawer opening up by the way i have one two three four five six i think six half marathons that i've ran so far nice um i don't really as far as like my most favorite one because you talked about your favorite one. Let's see. Or I guess, have you? Was that the Living History Forms? Was that one of your favorites? It definitely like sticks out in my mind quite a bit. I mean, the first half marathon was obviously like a great time. And uh, speaking of like just the community, it's so interesting because you have the people who are like taking it very seriously to either try yeah. to place well in the race or try to just beat their best time. And I remember specifically, like I was just trying to like 
mentally get in the zone because I never ran this far and I definitely wasn't trained for it. So I'm just like trying to mentally get in the zone. I had there's these two ladies right in front of me that were probably in their like 30s, maybe like early 40s at most, and they each had like one of them had like a all boy IPA in their hand. The other one had a coffee <laughs> in their hand and they were just like chatting it up. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was just, it was just cool to see like all the different types of people who are there trying to do the same thing you're doing. Maybe not in the exact same way, but getting to that finish line some way, somehow. So the community just from the little bit that I've seen is pretty cool. Honestly, if they weren't so expensive, at least some of them, and I know a lot of them go to a good cause, but it's just like, you know, money money's an issue. So I would probably sign up for a lot more if they weren't a little bit more on the pricey side uh-huh. because just the community, like even if I'm not ready to run a 5K or you know, it doesn't have to be my best time ever. It could just be, hey, I'm going to run a 5K and I just felt like doing that. We're going to see what my time is. It's not that big of a deal. So I really need to... I'm sure there's probably a website to where you could sign up and it's like, okay, uh, you'll get an email if a race pops up within a hundred mile radius of you and then you can sign up for it and uh, you can run that. So it, it is very fun. It's a very good community. I, I think of Ragbot or Ragbri and how much fun that is. And it's just mm-hmm. a community. I'm like that one in particular. It's just, I'm just trying to ride across Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody else has that same goal as well. And, that one's definitely more laid back for me at least uh, rather than a half marathon because I usually try to go for time. Yeah. I And so I guess, uh, I, I mean, it wasn't me necessarily running to be in better shape for running, but I, I might've been in middle school. I don't know. I think I was in middle school. My dad was running. I can't remember. I know one year my dad ran the Green Bay Marathon because he was trying to qualify for Boston and not every single marathon is a qualifier. So you have to go to a specific race that does that. So he went to Green Bay one year. I don't know if I went with him for his marathon time. Has he ever ran the Boston? Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. That's so cool. Because oh, this is a story. Um, I think we all ran the 5K. Did he run the marathon? Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to ask him. But I know he ran it one time. He went up there twice, and I only went up there once. Have him join the podcast. I'm going to have to. (laughs) But uh, the cool thing about that Green Bay race is that there's a 5K on Saturday, then the half and the full on Sunday. But no matter what, all the endings of the race, you run around the inside of Lambeau Field. That's cool. So that was a really cool experience. But I just ran it just because like my dad was already going to be up there and I didn't, like, didn't get in shape for it. But that was a pretty cool experience, being able to run around an NFL stadium. Um, They have a but, marathon here in Des Moines that yeah. when you finish, or a half marathon, maybe it's a marathon too, but when you finish that, you run one lap around uh, Drake Stadium. And Oh, really? That's that's a cool, because a lot of people love the Blue Oval for yeah. know, state state track. Uh, so you you can actually run on it as an athlete uh, for uh, the end of your half marathon. Uh-huh. But I know that there's other ones in like Iowa City where you get to run around Kinnick. So uh, yeah, that'd be cool to end it in a, at a stadium. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely gives you just that little extra boost when you're getting to the end. Um. So yeah, my dad, he, he played uh, like YMCA basketball with like his buddies. 
and my dad played basketball all throughout high school. And I actually have a video. I don't know who sent it to me, but somebody, it's on YouTube. I'll have to find it. But there's like a YouTube video of like his state championship game when he was in high school. Holy crap. I bet that thing's pixelated. <laughs> Unfortunately, they lost, but that was oh, cool. that's a bummer. That, I mean, still get second place at was state. Was he a senior? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, he yeah I heard he was guard. really good at basketball. Yeah. He is. Yeah, it was. All his friends were like, um, super tall. Like everybody else that he played with was like above six foot, and he's like yeah, five. Yeah, Darren. Nine. Yeah, Darren's not very tall. <laughs> so, not like but, in a bad way. I'm like telling this for like the viewers. Like, to be good at basketball, you usually are like six foot, six one, six two, mm-hmm. and like at least in the NBA. But Darren's a uh, five nine, and I and I've heard he's been like he was a very good point guard. I know he was. Their team was really good, and he like rolled his ankle really bad. And to, like, get back in shape to, like, play for this league, he started running, and then he fell in love with running, and he wanted, he eventually made it a goal to run the Boston Marathon. So he went to Green Bay, qualified, and then I can't remember what year he ran Boston. It was, must have been when I was in eighth grade, because this, I don't know if it's the biggest regret of my life. It's probably the biggest regret of my life up until this point is my dad went to Boston, and he told me to go with him or invited me to come with him, I would have missed, like, two days of school. Two days of middle school. Like, yeah, that happens in middle school. <laughs> and I said no, because I don't want to miss school. Wow. Yeah, but then so you get that, to go on the discovery trip, and maybe that was the deciding point. I don't know. I, I think I, I could have been, I think I would have been able to bounce back from, like, two days. I think it was, like, a Friday through, like, a Monday type thing. So I think I could have bounced back, but... I can't believe you wouldn't have wanted to go to Boston. Like, the well, Red Sox play there. They they also went to a Red Sox game and my, uh, I don't I don't know uh, why I do not know to this day why I said no to that and I regret that a lot. But maybe sometimes the parents just need to say no. You're going. I'm sorry. I don't know. I know, but I had a big a big hunch about missing school too. For some reason, I just couldn't do it. Like even if I was sick, I'm like, yeah, I'm still gonna go. So I don't know exactly what your situation was, but I, it's been so long at this point that I don't remember if there was like a big project or like a test I was going to miss. But I mean, like in middle school, like I don't, in hindsight anyways, like in middle school, like what could you really miss over the course of like two days? You know, so. I say this very lightly, but if knowing what I know now, I don't even know that, like, I don't even know much now, but like if I was to go back into to high school or middle school, I probably would miss a couple more days than I actually did. Like, I was there every single day, and it's really not as... I mean, it's important, don't get me wrong, but, like, when other life events are happening, like going to Boston or whatever, it's not really that super important in the grand scheme of things. I'm interested to hear one of your students after they listen to this. Yeah. Or hear you talk about how many students are missing classes now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Great. Yeah, because they definitely listen to these way more than the book talk ones, so... Well, but I think mainly the ones that listen to them are seniors, or they've already graduated. So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, so hmm. should we talk? Well, let's go with. I don't know. Do you want to go by like with goals, maybe? Well, I was gonna say one thing that uh, I saw. I told I was telling you before the podcast that my dad had like I never knew anything about like running and terms of like that long of a distance in terms of like training and how long you need to train prior to a race like that and I remember 
my dad had this clipboard and he printed out it wasn't like excel but it, was, it looked just like a, it was a spreadsheet and it had like the day of the week and the date and he wrote down how many miles he ran and how fast he ran it in and he could break down like the minute per mile pace and he had his running watch and i remember in the winter time he had he had specific shoes with spikes in them so he could run on ice if he needed to or he also had these like chains for his shoes that if he had normal running shoes, you could put these chains over it. It was like this elastic rubber or like a rubber band with like chains that would like go around your foot. So he was like pretty dedicated. And so that was like really when I was first introduced to like what you need to do in order to achieve those goals. And I also remember like growing up, like he would, I never really thought too much about it, but he would like make dinner for my sister and I, and then he'd be like, I got to go on a run before I eat. And then like, obviously you don't want to eat and then run, but it was just like to be able to work and then like make dinner and then like go run and then come back. I was like, now I think about it. I was like, man, there's so many days where I don't want to do anything after work, but like <laughs> he was doing that. And then obviously we just finished listening to David Goggins book. And now we listen to two of them. So hearing him talk about you how get your prepares, stuff together. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I do. You work a lot, and I mean, obviously, you could, you could say that's an excuse, but you like genuinely, you you work a lot. Hopefully, whenever I move, that's like one thing. Like I run here and there, as of right now in my life. But whenever I'll, I'm gonna take some time off. One thing I'd like to do when I take off, uh, between my current job and where I go next, I'm gonna have hopefully calculated about two two and a half months. So I'm hoping to be more consistent with my cardio. And then wherever we move, I, once I figure out my schedule, I can get back on track with being more consistent with that. You know, I feel like that I would benefit if we reread the book or re-listened to the book Atomic Habits. I love that back. Maybe we'll uh, doesn't go hurt. back and... Yeah, it doesn't hurt to do that. So, um so I'm currently training right now to go off of what your dad was doing. And uh, there are lots of times where uh, I'm coming home. And this was like a month and a half ago when the sun was setting at 5 o'clock. And I would get home at around 4.25, 4.30-ish. And I still had to get a run in. So I had about an hour of, of daylight left with uh, like dusk happening. Was that dawn? Dawn till dusk? Dusk. Um, and... Uh, I would get home, but my I would need to cook dinner for like me and my roommate. Well, he gets off at five, and I shouldn't feel bad, but do feel bad that like okay, I told him I would cook dinner throughout the week for on these nights, and then now I'm telling them that I kind of can't because you know I have to go run. So I have thought about uh, making dinner for him, like a steak. The sad part is like I don't want to make a steak. And then turn off the grill, go for a run, and then come back and then make a steak for myself. Like, I want to do it yeah, yeah, all at once. So uh, it was kind of a struggle. Sometimes I would skip out on running just because, you know, I wanted to make the steaks now and I was hungry too. So, um, yeah, the training plan is definitely hard to stick to. And I I went through a 10-week training plan, and it was supposed to build me up to 30 miles, but I cut it in half. So it mm-hmm. actually built me up to 15 miles a when week. you say... And- Okay, you you answered. I was gonna when you said build you up. I didn't know if you meant like at one time or over the course of the week. But then you said at a, like per week. So you uh, you answered the question. Well, so uh, I I was building up to fifteen miles per week, and it would take me ten weeks to get to being able to run fifteen miles per week. So it wasn't like okay. 
the, every week I ran 15 miles. It was like the first one I ran seven accumulated and then it kept on growing and growing until uh-huh. I got to the 10th week where it was 15 yeah. miles per week. So then I restarted that over and now, um, uh, the, the first like the first 10 weeks getting up to 15 miles per week i told myself okay i'm just gonna run this and if i have time i've got time i'll, I'll probably carve out a little bit of time but um now that i've restarted the program over and i've actually instead of cutting everything in half just stuck with it i sit down on sundays after my long runs and i plan out throughout the week when i can actually run so like i mm-hmm. know when cross or i know when track practices i know when i have conferences and other things like that or if i'm going to be hanging out with a friend uh, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll plan around that. I'll make sure that I plan my runs in the morning so that I can make, I make sure I actually get them in. And I've missed a couple, like I missed what's today, Wednesday, I missed Tuesdays. Uh, but that was because I had conferences until six o'clock. So when I got home from work, it was already dark and I didn't want to go in the morning. So I've missed one workout so far, but when you start to do the longer runs like it seems like your dad was doing, you really have to sit down and plan out when you are going to run because it is so easy to just say, ah, I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah, because those, like, once you get to, like, I mean, it depends on what pace, but typically, uh, where there's longer runs, you're not trying to run at your race pace. You're just trying to build that endurance up. So you're not running super fast. So that eats up a good chunk of your day just trying to get those miles in. Plus the warm up slash cool down and stretch and whatnot. So, yeah, that's something I've started taking more seriously this year. At least when my back, my lower back started hurting and I had to go to physical therapy for it, I started to realize that I am not as young as I used to be. And while I am still very young, I should start taking the stretch up, like the the warm up and the cool down more seriously, just to do preventative maintenance because trying to fix something when it's broken is much harder than trying to prepare it to not break and when you're younger you're like ah whatever who cares i'm never gonna get hurt but as you get a little bit older you definitely want to start to do that so yeah it does take it takes me like 15 minutes to get warmed up and then you know only one of my runs a week is at a fast pace the rest are at uh a 168 beats per minute heart rate, at least for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it does take longer to run them, and uh, it just eats, eats up some of your time, like you were talking about. Yeah, I am interested. Uh, that's one thing I'm excited for. I know you keep telling me to get a heart rate monitor, and I will. Yet. I haven't yet. If everybody but, uh, in the podcast donates a dollar, then no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not, not going to do that. <laughs> um, but... Between hearing David Goggins talking about it and other people talking about it, like the heart rate zone training, like that is something that I find very uh, fascinating. So whenever I start training again, that's one thing I'm looking forward to adding in. Maybe maybe make sure that heart rate monitor shows up when you go on your two-month-long break. Your that's a good point. Transition in between jobs. So you've got yeah. a little bit of time to, to, to buy that, but... Yeah, the heart rate monitor is nice. I don't want to dive into it too much just because I don't know how much I want to talk about it. I mean, I love running, but uh, I don't know exactly because obviously you don't read the same book that I do, so I don't want to just be talking the entire time. But uh, the heart rate is really enjoyable to run with because, you know, you have to figure out your max heart rate, and you you can do that by uh, doing what they talk about in the book by running up a, a steep incline that's 600 meters and uh, then jogging down and 
running back up it a little bit harder and then jogging down and then sprinting back up it. And then once you get to the top, you check your heart rate. And that's considered to be your max heart rate because you can mm. use you can use um, an online calculator, but it's it's not exact. It's just like an yeah. estimation. So it could be plus or minus that. And if you train not truly know you're knowing your max heart rate, then you're going to not be as efficient when training in the different zones that you need to train in. So anyway, then they give you these five different zones and they call them specific things. And then you can take a percentage of your max heart rate. And then that is the zone or the heart rate range that you run in on those specific days. And so a lot of people believe that you should only run one day a week that's really difficult. And then the other runs should be very, very easy runs. Uh, and what you can do is you can train your heart rate to, uh, you can run faster, but your heart rate stays the same speed. And so the goal is to just keep on doing that until, you know, you can run a seven minute or whatever your goal is really, uh, you know, just above that slightly, that will be your uh, comfortable heart rate zone. And so the the uh, most amazing thing about running with your heart rate is that it all feels consistent. So if you've ever ran before and you try to run, I've done this many times before figuring out about heart rate. You go out on a run and you're like, okay, I'm going to run seven and a half minute miles. And you'll be running and you'll be like, why is it harder? I'm still running the same amount, uh, th this, the same time. And of course, like, you know, you could go pills or maybe something happens to where you just feel a little bit of strain and uh, it, it just feels more difficult to do. But the, the beautiful thing about running with a heart rate is that it stays the same difficulty the entire time. <laughs> You, it's just it's funny because you keep saying with a heart rate you don't say like heart rate monitor and I'm like well yeah. it's definitely beneficial to have a heart rate while you're running i just i, I'm just I like giggling. to run at a heart rate of zero no <laughs> it's just funny to hear you say with a heart rate and i was like it's definitely good to have a heart rate while you're running well i like i mean in terms of like, like being able to monitor the heart rate yes yes gotcha, gotcha, but not gotcha. like specifically talking about the heart rate monitor anyway okay um yeah, just the the best part about it is that you know the difficulty stays the same. So yeah. if I run up a hill, I'm gonna look at my watch and I know it's gonna go above 168 beats per minute. So I need to slow down, and you know my time slows down, but that's okay. Like I'm I'm still keeping it at the same difficulty. And then if you keep it at the same difficulty the entire run, if you keep on doing that over days and weeks, that that time, that that speed that you can run the uh, miles per minute will start to come down even though your heart rate stays exactly the same. And so the difficulty stays the same and you start to fall in love with the feeling of whatever your anaerobic speed is. So mine is 168 beats per minute, which is why I keep on saying that number so much. So it's just, it's enjoyable because you, you know what the run is going to be like. So I'm sure you've gone on a run and I've done it too, to where you start out on a run and you think, ah, I wonder how this one's going to go. Well, like for me, I don't have that. Like I, just, I know what it's going to feel like and it's so much more comforting going into the run. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you said you're getting this information from a book? Yeah, it's called Faster Road Racing and it's a 5K to half marathon. So if you're trying to train for a 5K up to a half marathon, they've got uh, a plethora of information um, like the diet, a well-fed a well runner's diet, stretching, core workouts, running workouts, uh, other activities that you can do like cycling or uh, swimming. There's a lot of information. I haven't even read through it all because I start to get very bored. So I just kind of pick <laughs> pieces from it because it's a lot of anatomy. And while, yes, that I, I would love to know that and, and truly know it, um, sometimes it, 
I just need to know that something is going to work, not really the why that it's going to work because I'm not teaching anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, I guess I believe that it works. So I don't know. I, I pick and, and pull information from it. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but it's gotcha. been good so far and it's got a great training plan in it. And I found it to be the best one that I've liked so far. And I ended up running my fat, only, tr- only training for five weeks. I ran my fastest half marathon time ever with it. Wow. That's pretty incredible. And the most I ever ran was eight miles. So, and now, like, now I, if anybody doesn't know what I look like, I'm like a, a five foot 11, six foot tall guy that is, uh, skinny. I guess I, I was going to say another word with it. I was going to say, like, fortunately or unfortunately skinny because I mean, like, I, yeah, well, I'm a twig. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, obviously I'd like to be bigger. I'd like to just have more muscle on me, but, um, I am very fortunate to be very lean, like Spencer was talking about. And, uh, while I feel that I'm naturally gifted at running, I also want to be a runner. And so I, I just prioritize that. So, um, yeah, that's what it looked like. Anyway. Um, you know, I think it was from that Atomic Habits book where he said that, like, if you're wanting to do something like calling yourself like for you like you are a runner calling yourself a runner is going to motivate you to um continue to run and i know for me reading that book what was most prominent to me as like i wanted to be i never considered myself like somebody who read books like i enjoyed books every now and then but i didn't really read them but i wanted to be somebody who like oh i enjoy books like i'm a book reader or i'm a reader or an avid reader or whatever and I think since then, like between the audio books that we listen to and then just uh, reading more on my own time, I definitely, I feel that I, I, if I tell somebody I read books, like I'm not just like, I read like once a year, like I read and listen to a good amount. So I think that's uh, important for anybody, not just for running, but whatever you want to accomplish, if you start formulating in your mind, like I am this person, like I am this type of athlete, then that, or I am chef or whatever then that helps i think at least in my experience it helps in your mind for you to uh, stay consistent with the goals you're trying to achieve yeah uh yeah calling yourself that it's it's hard to do because you have kind of like the imposter syndrome like i'm not really that but i'm calling myself that like yeah. i want to be a photographer and i am a photographer like i take pictures that's the definition of that's, a photographer that's all it is yeah like it, i if I say photography is my per- my profession and it's the, the way I make money, then I'd be lying. But I am a photographer because I take pictures. I am a uh, I am a runner because I run. I am a reader because I've got four books on my desk and I read today for an hour. You know, so just calling yourself that is is super important. And there was this uh, guy that I watch on YouTube. His name is Danny uh, Gervertz, and he is a filmmaker. And uh, he talked about this this guy. I think his name is Dave Johnson. I think he's a singer. But um, when you used to fly into a different country, they used to ask you like, "What are you like? What do you do?" And I don't I don't know why they did this, but he was flying to a new country, and uh, he was flying there for the purposes of just trying to make it, doing something else other than what he was actually doing. Uh-huh. And uh, they they gave him this immigration card, and they said, "What like what do you do? What do you what what's your specialty or whatever?" And uh, he was not currently yet a a songwriter or a singer, but he wrote it down anyway. And uh, just by him doing that on like what felt like an official piece of paper, 
actually got him to be a singer and songwriter, and that started off his career as wow. that profession. So just even if even if it's not true yet, um, obviously don't go like post it a bunch of places because people are going to probably make fun of you. Not that that really matters, but you know, like just tell yourself like I am that. Like I I want mm. to be a YouTuber. I want to make YouTube videos. I should just start calling myself a YouTuber. Maybe not super crazy around a bunch of people, but you know, I I, I am a filmmaker. I am a photographer. And speaking those things into existence, it really starts to make you believe it. Even if you think it's silly, it will get you to believe it. Absolutely. So um, anyway, but uh, do you have any goals for running? Um, I think being able to do a marathon at some point would be cool. Yeah. Oh, I then, would love to be able to do a marathon as well. So, and then maybe, potentially, I mean, do the Boston because, I mean, you said it briefly, but I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. And since I couldn't go with my dad, I think that'd be cool to, I could be the one running the race and take him. So I think that would be the ultimate uh, achievement for me right now would be able to train to do that. I wonder if he would join you. I don't know. Maybe. I would also say another race that I've thought about. Um, actually, my roommate, Bryce, who you know, we he started this conversation, but uh, every year in, uh, uh, on the East Coast, it's, I think it's partially, it might be around Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, is it the one your dad ran? Yeah, the Marine Corps Marathon. Yeah, I've seen the medals for that. Those look so cool. That's another yeah. thing about running half marathons and marathons. If you haven't seen like medals, for anybody out there that's listening, if you haven't seen the medals, they're like the coolest thing ever. And it's like one of the best parts about running it. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think doing the Marine Corps Marathon would be cool because we, we talked about it while we were in. Bryce, he's a great runner. And it was... uh we didn't have to take any like leave or vacation. Uh, leave is like the military term for vacation to like go do that since it was like a Marine Corps event. So we thought about it, but I think COVID be- kind of came a thing. And it was also like, he was in way better shape than I was. It's like, man, it's one thing to like not be in a great shape for like a standard race, but then to be a Marine going to the Marine Corps marathon and then looking <laughs> like, uh, not like a not stellar athlete. I was just like, Ooh, I don't know about that. But, uh, I actually, I think my dad almost had, Besides getting to the Boston Marathon, I think the next hardest race for him to get into was the Marine Corps Marathon. I think that's a race that a lot of people try to do. So I'm guessing that it, I have I know nothing about it other than your dad ran it. I would assume that if you're current military, you get to run it no matter what. But if you're not, you have to qualify? I don't think you have to qualify, but there's only a limited number of spots. But I think what my dad did was he became a sponsor for an organization. I can't remember what it was for exactly, but it was like to raise, it was like fundraising for a specific type of charity for people affected by this specific disease or something of the sort, but I can't remember what, but he had to raise like $500 to do that. If he raised $500, then they would let him in. So I just looked it up. It's called the MCM, the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps Marathon. And uh, to be able to do it, there's eight ways to be able to to get into it. And so one of them is being in the active military or the active duty. And there's a couple of other things, too, that I don't really want to read through yet. But um, I didn't know that you actually had to qualify. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's probably a really big event, uh, especially with, you know, the military in the U.S. being 
a huge part of a huge, I guess, the huge part of the U.S. So a lot yeah. of people probably want to run that. Oh yeah, that would be something. But if I could do the Boston, or if I could do that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I but, would. Uh, a goal for me would definitely be to run the Boston Marathon. It's popped into my head a couple of years ago, and it still lingers. So I think I should just train for it and do it, because, I mean, that's a it's a it's a big goal for me. It's not like just running a marathon. You have to qualify for the Boston Marathon, yeah. and uh, even if you get the, the the time that you have to run, there's still a chance that you don't get in unless you're like really far below that time, at least in your age category. So uh, another way that you can get into it is by donating. Uh, I don't know the exact amount. I want to say a number because I, I think I've heard it before, but I don't want to be wrong on that. So there's like a certain amount that you have to donate. You have to be a sponsor, essentially, like what Nelly was mm. talking about. But um, yeah, so running the Boston Marathon would definitely be a goal of mine. My, my current goal is to run a half marathon in under an hour and a half uh, because to be able to run to qualify for the Boston, I have to run a sub three hour marathon. Um, so I'm going to get my half marathon under an hour and a half so that I can then start training fulls and, uh, work on getting that under three hours. Pretty quick. That is pretty quick. (laughs) It's like a six minute and 56 minute, 50 second per mile pace. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty quick. I think I'm at I'm at, I, 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 my last marathon I ran at, or sorry, my last half marathon, I ran at a 7.15 mile per hour, or not my power, wow. Seven, is that fast? Seven, I guess. miles per hour would be pretty uh, fantastic. That would, well, I think I meant, yeah, 7.15. That's okay. 7.15. Either way, 17 minutes per mile, <laughs> and that was with a uh, little training, so I'm sure I could drop it, uh, not even 30 seconds per mile if I, Eight properly. That's probably the hardest part for me. Is like I can go out and train all the time, but getting into the gym on my off days of running and and strengthening my muscles and then eating the correct foods to give myself energy, that's that's the harder part for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough for me because like if I'm once I'm in shape, my stomach doesn't necessarily give me as many issues. But like trying to get into shape, like sometimes when I'm running, my stomach just gives me issues. So there's a lot of times where like I don't eat before I run. And I can usually do, if it's not for like a speed, but just to like go out and run, I usually don't have many problems if it's not too far of a distance. But I know for those bigger races, you have to get some stuff in you, or just there's bigger distances, you have to get some stuff into you before you start that. So that's one thing that's I find interesting, but also definitely a little bit uh, um, challenging is trying to dial down, dial in, your diet, not only, like you said, outside of training, but also during the training. And like, like how are you going to give the exact amount of the correct fuel to your body that it needs to perform in the way you, you want it to? That, that's kind of a hard part. I, that's why I was curious if when you were running your half marathon, you felt uh, like a, a certain mileage point where you started to get tired. Because for me, I have learned in my last two half marathons that, well, yes, I can run a full half that's funny to say, a full half marathon uh, <laughs> with not eating any food, but just drinking the Gatorade in the water. I find that my last couple of miles, I really bogged down. And so I have forced myself that in the last two, when I get to the seven mile mark, even though I know I'm not hungry, I'm still going to take a goo packet and I'm going to eat that. 
because when I actually do start to get tired around mile 10, that's when the energy bar kicks in and then it can take me the rest of the way. So for me, I guess you just got to experiment with it. Like, I mean, it doesn't hurt to eat food while you're running. So, you know, if you get to the next time you run a half marathon, myself included, if we get to the halfway point, eat a little bit of food and see if it gives you more energy or like around the 10 mile mark, eat some food. So then that by, you know, mile 12, you're not dragging your legs forward to try to finish mm-hmm. the race. But, um, oh, there's something else too. Dug on it. What was it? I have something in the meantime. I don't want to lose your train of thought though. Nope. You're good. I would say, I did say I didn't get tired and I stand by the fact that throughout my race, I didn't get tired, but I did, again, it was overcast. So I really wasn't sweating that much because I also, like I said, I was running like 10, 10 and a half minute, uh, minute per mile paces. I wasn't blazing by any means. So between like the ideal conditions, not sweating, I was drinking some Gatorade and I was drinking water, uh, like at almost every aid station, I was having some type of hydration. And then I think at the five mile and at the 10 mile, I had a goo packet. So I had a little bit of nutrition and that actually, uh, that helped. And I guess before the race, I don't think I ate anything solid. I might've had a banana or something. I can't remember. But then I also remember I didn't have, I thought I had some hydration powder, but I couldn't find it. But what I did use was I just, uh, right before, I left the car, I took an emergency packet because oh. that has electrolytes in it. So I ripped one of those and then uh, I think that helped a bit. So I didn't do it completely without nutrition because I knew without it, I probably would have got bogged down. But with those couple goo packets and the electrolytes and whatnot, I felt pretty steady the entire time, which was nice. So with the nutrition part of it, um, what I was going to say earlier was ragbri and- mm. I have, I tell my athlete that the athletes this, and it's so difficult because like I was in their shoes at one point, at one point, at one point, and uh, it's, I don't know, like you're young and I totally get it. Like I'm not going to bash them at all, but during Ragbri, we would start at 7 a.m. and we wouldn't stop riding until six. Now it wouldn't be a constant thing. It would be, um, you know, we'd ride 10 miles, get some food, ride 10 miles and so on and so forth. You, you find out that fueling your body is literally the most important thing. Like if you're going to start a NASCAR race, not that anyone would be doing that. I mean, you know, some people do that. You don't just show up to the race on empty and then hope that you can make it through or deprive your body or deprive your car of of gasoline. You fuel it exactly when it needs it, right? Now, you know, a, a car, you can fill it up and then use it immediately and you've got full power for the next how many hours. Now with a body, you need, you need that buildup time. But uh, during ragbri, you do get so hungry because you're burning like two to 3,000 calories per day for a week straight. So you're bound to lose some weight if you don't eat food and you're bound to get very tired and uh, feel very sluggish if you don't eat food and drink Gatorade and Powerade and water and all that stuff. So um, it's really important and I would like to get better with the nutrition part of running because you know, as you start to get to those longer distances, it's not super crucial when you're under 10 miles or even running a half marathon, I would say. I mean, it depends on your goals are, but if you're going to run a full marathon, you really need to focus on nutrition. And, and, you know, Dave, we talked about that with David Coggin, David Goggins' book, uh, when he runs his ultras, he is eating food constantly and, and fueling his body. So that's something that I need to get better at. Yeah, no, because it's, 
like you said, the car can use the energy right away. So that's the bad thing is that like you can you you can't wait until like yeah. depending on how critical like the races or like how dialed in you want to be like you can't wait until you're thirsty or you can't wait until you're hungry to then drink or eat you have to already be doing that because if your body by the time your body starts sending you signals of what it needs you're already like behind on getting that nutrition in so you have to be able to time that to where you your body is a steady fire the entire time my roommate called me stupid one time and I get why because like how I said it it was like a no does situation but and when I say it, it's going to seem like a no-dose situation, but if you are thirsty, if you're actively thirsty, then you're already dehydrated. And no duh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No duh. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it makes sense, but like, if you are already thirsty, then you're already dehydrated. Like, you should, and it's it's hard because, you know, as humans, we typically just wait till we have to go to the bathroom to go to the bathroom, which, I mean, that one's probably should wait. But like, you know, we, we usually only eat when we get hungry and... uh you know, we only drink water when we're like actually thirsty for it. But the best way to do it is to continually drink water so that you never feel thirsty. I mean, you know, you're like, oh, this, this water is really good, but you know, I'm not super thirsty for it. You just got to keep on, you know, pumping fluids because there's a lot of times where I get to the end of the day with teaching and I still have a full bottle of water and I filled it up at 6 a.m. in the morning and it's now three or four o'clock and I haven't had much water at all. Like, no wonder I'm tired. Or hitting a wall at two o'clock because, you know, I'm 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 waiting until I'm thirsty next, and that you're, it's already too late, mm-hmm. and it's not I'm a quick, fit. quick energy burst either. It's like it's gonna take probably fifteen to thirty minutes to finally kick in. So, yeah, absolutely. One thing I've been trying to I see like people not just for like athletes or but just like a better way to start your day. I've seen this a lot. It's just like people drinking a good amount of water. And since for me, I feel like when I'm on an empty stomach, I usually don't eat right away in the morning. So to help retain some of that water, I take a little bit of electrolytes and then I'll drink, I mean, I have a 40 ounce hydro flask. So I probably drink half of that with like those electrolytes to start the day. Not every single day. I'm going to be honest. It's not every single day. And I don't like people or influencers who are like try to portray that they do right thing for their bodies every single day it's not every day sometimes i'm just tired and i don't really think about it or i start doing other stuff and then i haven't drank anything since i woke up but i try to anyways most days to get some electrolytes and some water and as soon as i wake up it does kind of suck that you know the most important thing in everyone's life is their own bodies like their own health over honestly i would say over everything right yeah you know so it's unfortunate that I will go throughout the whole day and I've done my job. Hey, I've done my job. You know, I've done the things that need to get done, but I didn't try to take care of my body to uh, make me feel good for when I get off work or things like that. So I really need to get better at trying to drink as much water as I can, not as much, but just something to, to, to fuel my body and do it for like a week straight and obviously continue on with that. But, you know, after a week, I'm sure you would really feel, oh, wow, I feel so much better. I feel so alive and uh, fueled up. So I need to get better at it. I've I've contemplated setting a reminder on my watch like every 15 minutes to make sure I drink water, but I feel like that would get very annoying. Yeah, and it's important. I mean, you want your cells and everything to be hydrated. But another thing, I didn't learn about this. I don't know if I was... 
I think it was in one of my chemistry classes I took in uh, community college, but um, when you eat protein, especially like if you're like um, working out of it, I mean, not just like bodybuilding or weightlifting, but for running, you need protein as well to because your muscles do deteriorate to an extent. So you need protein to rebuild those muscles. But when your body digests protein um, as a byproduct of that digestion, it makes ammonia and ammonia is exits your body via urine and to be able to process that efficiently you need to be hydrated so if you're eating a lot of protein and you're dehydrated then that's just like a double whammy on your body so if you're upping your protein then it's very critical to make sure that you're staying hydrated yeah i don't have much on the uh physical aspect of like the that's like the What's one fact then? I know. <laughs> okay, what's one that I know? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, fueling yourself is obviously the most important part. It's difficult to to stick with that, and uh, you know, like there's there's three types of running, not three types, but there's three pieces of running that make you a good runner, in my opinion. One would be uh, the actual like running part, like how strict are you with your running plan. The second one would be uh, your diet, like what you eat. And then uh, I think another one that's important as well is like, uh, how you train your muscles. So like having a good core, having good abs, um, you know, training your, your leg muscles and, uh, all that stuff and make sure you're stretching out too. Obviously that's a big part of it, but I would say I'm really good with the actual sticking with a running plan. My diet's not so great. And then, uh, I don't really do a whole lot of core. So I guess I've only gotten one, one of the, the pieces pretty much tailored down if i could just figure out the other two um i think my times would drop significantly like i'd probably be shocked to know that i probably could run like a six minute and 30 a six six minute 30 second mile yeah i was just uh i was listening to i don't know if it was his first podcast with david goggins but i was listening to a joe rogan podcast with david goggins and david said and he talked about it in his first book too i forgot about it until he brought this back up on the podcast but he said that um there was a marathon that he was just gonna his I don't think his ex-wife at the time or maybe his current wife his significant other and his mom were both in this marathon and he joined them and he initially was just gonna walk with his mom but then he said that like as soon as like the time started like there was like a switch that was flipped in his mind and he just started running after like not being ready to run a marathon he wasn't mentally prepared to because he didn't think he was actually gonna run it but he started running and he kept running, and then he said he noticed he was at, like, the Boston, like, marathon qualifying time, and he ran it. I can't remember how fast he ran it. It was around three hours, and he told Joe after the fact, he's like, you know, if I can do that, like, what else have I been, have I been leaving on the table all these years? Ooh, that's a good question. So you bringing that up made me think about that, and that's something that everybody should probably ask themselves like what have I been leaving on the table every single day so that's just something to think about which is interesting I can't remember exactly what what context is and my sister talked to me about it because she goes to these bible studies and she has been learning some information that she really wants to start working out now and so she's been working out fairly frequently but um is this Courtney or Kylie this is Kylie okay and uh she said something along the lines of that it would be unfortunate to get to the end of your life and not truly know like what your body could look like if you did put in the work to do it or if 
you know, if there is stuff that you want to go after, like, you know, running or whatever it is, I guess it's running in our case, it would be kind of unfortunate to, to go our whole life and not really know what we're truly capable of. And uh, I think a lot of people limit themselves, myself mm-hmm. included, and we never really know exactly what we are able to do. And, you know, if you listen to the book talk ones, which I don't think they're super popular, but David talked about... Is it where he talks about, like, if he dies and, like, he wants to look back on his life or he said, like, God... I Because what I was going to bring up, he said, because he talked about the podcast as well and in the first book, and maybe in the second book, he's like, he doesn't want to go up to see... He calls it the creator or whoever, and he said, this is what, what I'll... I had all planned out for you, but you only amounted to this. And he doesn't want to look back on his life, see what he could have missed out on. Yeah, I think that was, it was, it was like that. That's what it was. But um, anyway, so yeah, uh, there's just probably so much out there that it'd be interesting if like you could sit down at the end of your life um, and go back through and I guess it would probably be pretty depressing maybe if you could look at all the avenues that your life could have taken um and to see like what you were actually capable of it I, th- I heard somebody talk about like he's like i'm scared the reason why i am i am the way that i am is because and he was like super successful that he's like i don't want to get to the end of my life and then somehow see all the avenues that my life could have taken and wish that i had gone on that different avenue he's like i don't want that that uh, that thought to ever cross my mind. So that's why I just go after everything in this lifetime so that I don't have to worry about that regret. And um, yeah, David kind of talked about that as well. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way of looking at it. You got to have that. I mean, there's got to be some type of balance in your life, but you know what? Maybe me thinking you need a balance is me holding myself back. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that I have thought about is just like, I guess an inspiration would be One of my good friends, uh, Theo Hardson, he actually uh, married Sarah and I and is a good friend, and his wife is a good friend of ours as well. But he is a, he's a built dude. Like, he's, if you looked at him, you would not think he's, like, an excellent runner. Like, he doesn't have that body style. Like, most runners who are, like, taller, leaner, skinnier, he's, like, maybe just a little bit shorter than us. Well, yeah, not by he's much, a but he's than you, but he's a bigger guy. I would say he probably weighs right around 200 pounds, maybe he's more. He's strong. He is, he has like dense muscle everywhere. A strong dude. And he has been uh, a crazy runner these past couple of years. And I can't remember what year it was, but he, he signed up to do a 50 mile race, but it got canceled. And most people would probably just say, oh, okay, I'm not running 50 miles. But he said, I'm, I'm still running 50 freaking miles today. So he went to this park, which honestly, it kind of overlooks like north, I want to say northern San Diego, cause, but like north of San Diego, you can still, still see the ocean and whatnot from this park that's like up on this hill a little bit. So it's it a pretty cool scene, but he this park had a loop that was about somewhere between a quarter and a third of a mile long. So he had to do 150 to 200 laps somewhere in there to complete 50 miles. And I ran the last six with him. And however, I mean, I probably gave him a little bit of motivation just to finish it out, but all the motivation he gave me just to watch him do that <laughs> was incredible. And I've seen him run, I think 
could be mistaken, it took him three attempts to finish 100 miles because I think if he had all the time in the world, he could definitely do it and he would have done it. But for a lot of those races, you have cutoff times to meet. And if you don't get to a specific distance by a specific time, they tell you to stop running basically. So it took him three times to finish it. But I just remember like, it wasn't even like, outside looking uh yeah outside looking in it didn't look like it affected him affected him at all it was just like okay he didn't make it he just started putting in that work and i would see like he would post on instagram um or like one of our other friends uh nikki v and his wife would be out there i remember like, i'd wake up in the morning and look at instagram and like on their stories they would have been at like pacific beach at like two in the morning doing like a 20 Gosh. mile run because part of those super long or those ultra marathons is you're running overnight so if you're only training during the day you're not training when you're really tired then you're not doing yourself justice and he was out there doing it so i just thought the watching theo do that was uh pretty cool yeah those i i think i'd like to try a 50 miler or maybe just anything that's considered an ultra which would be anything more than 26.2 miles um you know because I mean, maybe maybe it would just put something in me to like want to actually do it to to run competitively with it. But you know, like when I run a half, I've never ran a half at like a fun pace. Uh-huh. I mean, not necessarily a fun pace. I guess I've always kind of strived to like go for a decent time. Yeah. The, the there was one that I ran with a, a friend of mine, and uh, she was running her first marathon, so I was just running back with her. But. Um, you know, most of them have not been very much fun in the aspect of like comfortability. And I'm not saying that an ultra marathon would be fun and comfortable, but I think that, that and there'd be like a switch in my head to be like, okay, it's more than a marathon. You know, I'm not trying to qualify for anything. I just want to see if I can do this to where I could run it at a, at a more leisurely pace mm-hmm. and, and maybe more enjoy. It. I mean, I'm still, I know it's still 50 miles and I'm maybe seems like I'm kind of downplaying a little bit, but you know, you know, the reason why I'm running a, a marathon is because I want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. But, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. running a 36-mile race because I'm trying to qualify for the Boston 36-mile race. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would exactly work out, but uh-huh. uh, maybe it would maybe it'd be fun to do. I don't know. Have you ever thought about anything more than a marathon? I mean, I, I've never even ran a marathon before. So, yes, the thought of that more than that scares me a little bit. But after reading the Never Finished, I, I've contemplated it. I mean, yeah, I definitely contemplated it. We'll get through. It's definitely not something right now that's on like my goal list. But you know, I think uh, what makes somebody uh, great, like in terms of like an athlete, is not being settled once they reach their goals. So if I reach all my running goals and then I need something else, or I still have the the hunger, or the urge, or the itch, then that might be something to uh, look into. I, feel, I honestly, because I, I'd like to qualify for Boston, you got to run pretty quick. I enjoy running when I can do it at a comfortable pace and just yeah. cruise. So like when I did that half well, marathon. like you're at a pace where you can talk with somebody next to you. That's always enjoyable to do too. But I don't, exactly. I, don't, I, don't, I don't run with anybody very often and I don't think you do either. No. But one thing that also, a lot of the marathons and races are like road races and I haven't ran one like the one the race I did was like primarily around like downtown area but uh Theo actually he ran a marathon in Carlsbad which is a little bit north 
of uh, San Diego, but part of the race was right along the beach. So there's some cool races, but for those like long distance marathons, they're normally, a lot of them are not on roads. They're like up in like the wilderness. So I think that would be incredible to do that, but also be in a beautiful place. Not saying that like downtown areas are not beautiful, but I think like you can, at some point the buildings kind of all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to run something a little bit longer, running it in that area would be much more enjoyable to, to catch the scenery. Cause you know, like I said, I, I did Ragbri and you just see cornfields and cornfields and after a while it just starts to look all the same and it's hot. And, uh, but what I have done before is I've taken my bike to like Montana and Wyoming and a couple of other states. And I've just like one ride sticks out in my head. There's this one where it was 80 miles and I did it by myself with only two water bottles and it was really stupid. But uh, it took me like five or six hours to complete. And uh, the, on, the elevation gain was only 2,000 feet. So not very much elevation gain, but it was more enjoyable until I got to mile 16 was just completely over it because I was hungry and thirsty. Oh, yeah. And, and I was with nobody. But the scenery helped me get through it because I was able to just ride near mountains. So I think it makes a difference. And if I was to do uh, an ultra marathon, it would definitely have to be in a cool location. Absolutely. Um, so that, that would definitely help out because like you said, after a while, everything just looks the same. And I don't know how Theo did it for 50 miles around a track size running course. I don't know how he did it mentally. I, I, would be, I mean, physically, I, I, I get the physical aspect, but that that's at Big that point, game. it's totally a mental game. It is nothing really. It's little about your physicality. Physicality is that a word? I don't know. It's yeah, no, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made it up. Uh, it's nothing about. Well, it's little to do with your physical and more to do with mentally how you can do that. Mm-hmm. I agree. But um, another thing I was going to talk about was, uh, you know, you could be. Who am I to talk? Right, I'm. Uh, a lean guy, always been a lean guy, but I think anybody can run and I don't think you should be scared to do it. Even if you think you look silly. Um, I once helped a friend of mine who could barely run a half a mile without getting super winded, uh, and wanting to stop. And, uh, she went from running, uh, just a half a mile at one time to over the course of, I think 10 to 15 weeks, uh, she ended up running the entire half marathon without stopping. And, uh, I mean, like she was very pleased with her time and the, uh, minutes per mile that it took her. And so like it, you can really, uh, anybody can start running. And I think it's super valuable. Like you could go to the gym and get really big and like, I would like to be bigger than I am right now. So not downplaying any of that, but you know, you, you may look this good part, you know, somebody who could be super buff could get winded walking upstairs because they don't ever do the cardio aspect of it. And I'm not saying that, that it's everything, but, you know, a lot of us, we walk places and we get around by moving our legs. Not like long distances, but I think it's really important that everybody gets in a good physical uh, shape, whether it's walking or running, because it'll help you in any aspect of your life, not just all right, so the main reason that we wanted that I wanted to bring this up, and I've already 
alluded to this at the start of this conversation, but um, now that we've spoken it into existence, not just thought about it, just like what we did with the podcast, um, I would like to, I, I think once a year would be feasible, maybe, I don't know. We should at least just try it one time and see how it goes. We should try to run a race together. Uh, we don't even have to stick together, just where we both meet up and we uh, do the race and uh, just have some fun doing it. So I'd like to, we should try to set that up sometime. No, I, I definitely want to. So it, it's going to happen. That's it's nice knowing it's going to happen. We just got to figure out the win. Yeah, we'll wait till you find a, a job and we'll see where that takes you. And then if yeah. it's already in a cool location, then we'll just do it there because I don't mind getting away from Iowa for a little bit. Or if you <laughs> come back and you decide to come back in, in June sometime, there's the damn to damn that we could do. And that's always a good time. Or if you're back in October, uh, there's the IMT half marathon. So um, those are one. And, and the IMT math, half marathon will actually qualify you for the Boston. So um, I feel like that, I guess we'll figure out where you go first. We're not going to yeah. run the Boston, obviously, uh, this upcoming year in 2024. But maybe 2025 would be a good year to to attempt to, to try to run for that. I think so, yeah. I just got, once I get settled in to wherever they send me, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll figure out, I'll go from there. Sounds good. Well, it sounds like we have a good plan in place. And uh, yeah, th this episode is just about running. Uh, we both enjoy running and uh, would like to get into it more. And so uh, we're just hoping that us speaking it will uh, um, help us achieve those those goals that we actually want to do, so. Anyway, yeah. um, do you have anything else to add? Um, not necessarily about running, but just in general for people who are listening to these podcasts. At some point, Obi and I would like to do kind of like a Q&A podcast. So if you have any questions. I thought questions, you were going to say a meetup. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, we, didn't ever, we never talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'd hopefully. We're going to do a meetup at the McDonald's on uh, <laughs> Delaware Street, so. Um, you know, maybe if uh, I move closer to you, maybe if we ever, if this thing blows up, then we can do a meetup. But um, if anybody has any questions about us or any questions about why we're doing this, I think we talked about it or any tips or just anything in general, any questions you feel like asking us. We already had uh, somebody reached out to me through our Instagram for one question. I don't want to say it on this podcast. I want to wait until we have enough questions to actually do a podcast. So if you have any questions and you know us personally, shoot us uh, a message. Or if you don't, then use our uh, CFDT Instagram. And that way we can uh, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we can do a Q&A. Just people get to know us a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, there was this one kid that I was sitting next to. He's graduated now, but at a basketball game. And I, if he's listening to this, Shout out to you. I don't want to, I guess I could drop a first name. It's Nate, but um, thank you for listening to those these podcasts. And if you have more questions, you should most definitely ask them, not just Nate, but anybody in general, because, um, you know, we could come on here and just talk about whatever we want, we want. And we like to do that, but we also like to answer questions too, because, uh, you know, maybe it's something that we never even thought of that we could make an episode over. So mm -hmm. we would be more than happy to, um, to do that and uh, just have a plethora of topics to talk about on episodes. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. If you made it to the end, we really appreciate you listening to this, of course, and um, hope you have a good day. And I love you, Colby. Love you too, man. <laughs> I wanted to, I had to say it first this time. You always say it before me and people are going to start thinking that 
we don't feel the same way about each other, but I had to let him know. So I had to jump on it first this time. Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> I don't really believe you, but no, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, it was nice chatting with you, Spencer, and I you as well, will Colby. talk to you next week, homie. Excited for it. All right. Later. Later.